0: Has the Carolina Panthers offensive line gone from its biggest weakness to its greatest strength? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, And be sure to follow me. Julian Council on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays, which tomorrow, by the way, is Friday, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked on Panthers. And if you'd like to get a question in, either at me or DM me over on Twitter to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Next week, the Carolina Panthers and the rest of the NFL will enter into Phase three of the offseason program, meaning that over the next four weeks, teams may conduct a total of 10 days of organized team practice activities, which we know as OTAs, no live contact is permitted. But they can do 7-on-7 seven seven drills, 9-on-7, and 11-on-11. 11 11. And really, more importantly, especially for a team like Carolina that has a new coaching staff of Frank Reich here, and Ajero Jero Barrow as the defensive coordinator, Thomas Brown as the OC, it's really important that they continue to install The offense and the defense and be able to evaluate the roster and look at the needs, the strengths and what they might be able to do to add a little bit more flavor to this roster as they prepare for the rest of the offseason as they have mandatory mini camp in the middle of June. And then, of course, training camp starting at the end of July, where then we march into the 2023 season where the Panthers hope to put themselves in position to not just contend, but to win a wide-open NFC South in year one of Frank Wright. So it's important that they evaluate what's on the roster. So today, with OTA starting next week, at least phase three of OTAs, really the true OTAs, not the rookies are here. We got Bryce Young in town. He's QB2, but also getting a chance to play a little bit of QB1. I want to spend some time looking at three position groups. Now, later on this summer in July, I'll look at every – position group individually and look at the players that are in those groups and just tell you how I feel about them and every player heading into the 2023 season and where the Panthers stand kind of with that position group ranking the rest of the NFL. But on today's show, I want to look at three position groups, looking at the one I believe is the strongest, the one I think that's likely to improve, and the one that I think has the most to prove here in 2023. Starting off with the strongest, because we'll start off with the positives. The Panthers' offensive line has gone from its biggest weakness to its greatest strength over the last year. And last year, when they drafted Ikiakuanu and they brought in Bradley Bozeman and Austin Corbett, we felt like this offensive line unit was going to be better. You just didn't know whether they actually would be better. You have to see it. Like, on paper... You loved everything. You loved the idea of Ikiakuanu starting at left tackle. And back then, Matt Rule was telling us, eh, well, we'll see if Iki's going to be the starting left tackle. It looked like Brady Christensen was it. But eventually, we all knew they didn't draft Ikiakuanu. Sixth overall, after having not great tackles for like basically the last decade since Jordan Gross retired, to not start Iki week one. Where he struggled week one against Cleveland. But after that, and who doesn't struggle? He went up against Miles Garrett. Is there anything to be ashamed? No. But after that, he was rock solid and had a great rookie year for the Carolina Panthers. So we knew Icky was going to be here. Brady Christensen likely at left guard. He might have been the lowest rated left guard for the Panthers as far as the lowest, lowest rated guy on the offensive line. But Brady Christensen was a solid player. And James Campin, the offensive line coach, him and Robert Kugler were two of the three staffers retained. Those two and Chris Tabor, the special teams coordinator. And they were retained for a reason because they did a damn good job building this offensive line, coaching them up, and having him be the most improved unit on the roster and one of the best offensive line units in the NFL. But he talked about on Wednesday when speaking to the media, just how Brady Christensen has adapted to playing left guard and also the growth of Vicky Aquano and how he came in to the offseason program, having already been working on his craft and getting better to where, hopefully, down the line, he's a pro bowler. He's an all-pro left tackle here in Carolina, and he has that potential. Haven't been the first offensive player taken on the draft board there in 2021. So you had those two coming in. Bradley Bozeman didn't start off the season as a starting center, but he was someone I told y'all around this time last offseason, who I felt like could have the biggest impact on this offense. And boy, did he, once he was able to step in for Pat O'Flein, who had what ended up being a season-ending hip injury and also career-ending as far as here in Carolina, hip injury where Bozeman really paved the way Both. Figuratively and literally for the Carolina Panthers offensive explosion or I guess renaissance in the second half of the season, really the last 12 weeks of the season with Steve Wilkes as the interim head coach. He was vitally important to that and he was the priority heading into the offseason of you must bring this man back and the Carolina Panthers did it. While also getting another discount. How that happened, no idea, but hats off to Scott Pitterer, Samir Suleiman, Dan Morgan, and all those men in the front office. We're bringing back Bradley Bozeman, then at right guard, Austin Corbett fresh off a of Super Bowl. Rams were going to prioritize him. He comes to Carolina, signs a three year deal. You knew he was going to be a starter, and he was rock solid for all 18 weeks. Unfortunately, oh, tearing his ACL there in the season finale in that win at New Orleans, and then Taylor Moten. What else can you say about the man? Steady, got paid, has not dropped off at all in performance, and he is the one constant here in Carolina on the offensive line. When there was nothing but turmoil around him the seasons prior, but now the Panthers are in a really good position with this offensive line group. You got Iki Kwano at left again, Brady Christians at left guard. Yes, he's coming off of that ankle injury but I think he'll be fine, and you got guys like Chandler Zavala who they drafted in the fourth round at NC State that could push him. Brady, he's your starting left guard. Bradley Bozeman back at center. Austin Corbett going to miss the beginning of the season at right guard with that knee injury. We'll see how long, and then Taylor Moten again back at right tackle, but it's not just the top five. What's important is, especially in the NFL, it's difficult. Like in, In college, it's always difficult, obviously, to be able to recruit and develop and have enough offensive linemen. But in the NFL, when every team is trying to find offensive linemen, everyone's on an equal playing field, it can be hard to find depth. And the Panthers have that. Cam Irving, in the role as a swing tackle, that's exactly where he should be at this point in his career. And he's got to be one of the best options out there for the Panthers. And That's why they brought him back late here in May as a swing tackle. He can step and be a starter if you need him to. It's not an ideal situation. But that's the situation. And in the Arby's package that we saw last year where they really like to load up the offensive line, I don't know if it's going to be a part of the run game this year, but it can be utilized. You can bring Cam Irving onto the offensive line as an extra offensive lineman, and he can help be a road grader there with Icky. Like, that was some sick stuff they did last season. Him and Cade Mays can play those roles. And speaking of Cade Mays, Mays is going to come in and likely be the starting right guard for the Panthers. And if it's not Cade Mays, I can go to Justin McCray, who has been in Green Bay, in Houston, now Carolina, with James Campen, the offensive line coach, and with Robert Kugler. He can play center. He can play guard. He is what you replace Pat Offline with, cheaper, and a fit with this offensive line unit. And you got Chandler Zavala, even Michael Jordan, someone who I have failed to mention because I just, when I look at it, it the starting five, Cam Irving, Justin McCray, Cade Mays, Chandler Zavala, like those are the guys that are guaranteed to be on the roster. Now, if they want to take a 10th, then maybe Michael Jordan is that. When you look at the experience on the roster, you have your starters, but Cam Irving started at tackle at Gardenous League. McCray has started at center in Gardenous League. Zavala, well, he hasn't started yet. He's a rookie. Uh, Michael Jordan, he has started at Gardenous League. How many teams in the NFL can you find that have guys that have been full time starters? in the league, still at their age. And Michael Jordan's a young guy. And it's not like Irving's that old. He's been in the league for a little bit. How how can you find how many teams in the league have this much depth and then with that much top-end talent? You can't name them. The Panthers have been able to, in the course of a year, go from one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL, leaning on Michael Jordan and Cam Irving and Pat O'Flein and sometimes Dennis Daly and John Miller to now having Icky, Brady, Bradley, Austin, Taylor, and then a backup in Cam Irving, Justin McRae, Cade Mays, Chandler Zavala, and in the luxury of where Michael Jordan might not even make this roster from a major weakness to the team's, strongest position group heading to 2023. And if you really are honest with yourself and you just look at the grand scheme of football, aside from quarterback, is there a unit that you would rather have be better defensive line? And you can even argue that does it even matter how good your quarterback is? If you don't have an offensive line, because we certainly have looked at it here in Carolina because people made excuses for Sam Darnold and they were valid excuses of, well, his lines, no good. What can he look like behind a good offensive line? And if you don't have protection, it does not matter who you are. We saw a couple years ago in the Super Bowl when Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs lost Tampa Bay. The offensive line was down to Mike Remmers. They were injured. They could not block for him. And having the best quarterback in the league did not help them win that game because they could not protect him. Now with the Panthers having Bryce Young, they have an offensive line that can protect him and be able to allow him to go out there and show off his skill set and take this team to the next level. I am so excited about what the Carolina Panthers have in the offensive line. And I love that with all of the turmoil and staff changes at the one group, that has all the continuity also happens to be the group that was the strongest and most improved last season here in Carolina. Now the offensive line we saw made a major leap from being <laughs> to being awesome. What group can go from being <laughs> to being awesome this year in Carolina? I'll tell you in just a moment on locked on Panthers. Are you looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built? You got to try this if you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste. I've got just the thing for you, Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and tasty amazing, seriously. They taste so amazing you won't think that they're good for you. So what makes Built Bars so good, you ask? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate, that's right. Real dark chocolate on every single bar and puff. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste just like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they're healthy for you, Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you no longer need to wait around to get a box for years. We've been sitting here talking about ordering your Built Bars and Puffs at Built.com, which you can still do to get their specialty flavors. But now you can go to Walmart and the Sam's Club to get them. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. And if you're close to the Sam's Club and a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box. You can thank me later. So, for years, Panther fans were just cringing, watching the Panthers' offensive line, just begging, begging for a left tackle. After watching, oh my goodness, the Marshall Newhouses, the Mike Rimmers, and even the Blindside, who actually was good for a season there, Panther fans were desperate. The the Matt Khalils, they were tired of it. The Russell Okung's, Oto- can you please get us a le- left tackle? But it wasn't just left tackle. We need a center. We need two guards. We're good at right tackle. we got Taylor Moten there. The offensive line was in shambles, but then in one offseason, Scott Fitterer waved the magic wand, and look at this. The Panthers have one of the best offensive line units in the NFL, and which I believe right now is the best unit on this team. So what unit that has been underachieving over the last couple years can be a strength for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season? Now, this answer will likely surprise the vast majority of you. Wide receiver, that is a position group that I am monitoring right now, thinking that they could potentially make a major leap. Now, let's understand where that leap is coming from. When you look at the Panthers' offensive line, it's not like they're boasting a bunch of pro bowlers. As good as Moten has been and as much money as he's making, he's never been a pro bowl player. He's never been an all-pro player. That does not mean he's not caliber to be one of them. He certainly is. Solid, very good player. Austin Corbett won a Super Bowl. Not an all-pro player, not a pro bowler, but a very good player went out there. Bradley Bozeman has been excellent. Not been a pro bowler, hasn't been an all-pro. But he's solid enough to get a contract here in Carolina and to retain the starting job as a center and really show out and be one of the key cogs in this offense last season. Brady Christensen still in his career. We'll see. Ike Kwanu has that potential, just has not happened yet. It's not like they don't have players that are good. They have a bunch of solid dudes who get the job done. So, with the offensive line for the Panthers, it wasn't like they are going to go from being terrible to add a couple guys and then be the best unit in the league and then have a bunch of all pros. Like, let's just understand, relative to what they were, they have gone to being a very strong unit. So, let's understand that in the context of discussing wide receiver group right here on the podcast. The Panthers' wide receivers last year, aside from DJ Moore, Left a lot to be desired. Robbie Anderson, now known as Chosen Anderson, had an outstanding season in 2020. As we have now found out, that is an anomaly. Now, I do think he is better than what he has shown the last two seasons in 21 and in 22, before and after he was traded to Carolina or from Carolina to Arizona. I think he's a better player. I don't know what opportunities he's now going to get in Miami. I don't think that many. Because there's a lot of redundancy there with the wide receivers. But, hey, speed kills. We'll see. But he did not give the Panthers nearly the kind of consistent play that they needed. Over the last couple of seasons, the best wide receiver core the Panthers had was during that 2020 pandemic season when it was Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, and DJ Moore all having career years. Now, DJ Moore, he's no longer here in Carolina after being the beacon of consistency where I don't even know how that dude did it. Because the quarterback play, as we know, has been dookie. But D.J. Moore found a way to consistently have 1,000-yard receiving season. Until last year, it didn't happen because the quarterback play was just so awful. And they focused on running the ball that, well, D.J. was not necessarily the focal point in that offense, which is fine. And the Panthers decided to move on by trading up to get number one pick and letting D.J. go to Chicago, wishing the best of luck. So, D.J. Moore is no longer here. Robbie Anderson, now known as Chosen, no longer here. Terrace Marshall showed some signs last season, but... We're looking at it, and there's still questions of whether he has a long-term future in Carolina and if he indeed will be the third wide receiver for the team opening day in Atlanta against the Falcons. So the Panthers, once they traded DJ, they knew that they needed to rebuild the wide receiver core. And according to The Athletic, the Panthers, before even trading DJ Moore, ranked dead last in the NFL with their wide receiver room. That was before they traded DJ Moore. So after trading D.J. Moore, you have to imagine the athletic and a lot of people in the league still looked at the Panthers as having the worst wide receiver group in the league. And it's hard to argue when the three guys that you're really looking at were Terrace Marshall, Vizka Chenault, and Shai Smith. All guys that have something to offer, but if that's your trio, you're in trouble. So the Panthers had to go out there and do something, and they did. Adam Thielen, when you look at the numbers he put up last year, In Minnesota, and you look at the numbers that Terrace, Lavishka, and Shysmith put together collectively last year, Thielen was a better player individually than those three were together. So Adam Thielen, I think, still has something to give here in Carolina. I don't know. At age 34 and 35 in 2024 and 2025, whether Adam Thielen will give a ton for the Carolina Panthers. But I think this year, with Bryce Young as a rookie, he will be invaluable with his experience, his leadership, and also his ability to run routes, catch football, and to be a damn good football player. Now, is he one of the top guys like he used to be? Absolutely not. He's not that anymore, but he is someone who I think has value here in Carolina. Probably more than in any other place he could have had in the league. Now, Does that kind of show, show you like where the Panthers wide receiver room is? And is that a good thing or a bad thing? I, I don't know necessarily, but I'm looking at it in a positive standpoint of Thielen can give you something this year. And I think that's a good move to bring in Adam Thielen. DJ Chark has been a pro bowler. We talked about it. Look at it relative. Offensive line of the Panthers, vastly improved, but not a bunch of pro bowlers up there. Good players, but not pro bowlers, not all pros. DJ Chark has been a pro bowler. in when healthy, which is not been the case the last couple seasons dj shark's a threat down the field now the panthers want to turn him into a complete wide receiver and i think for his longevity honestly and for the betterment of the panthers dj shark needs to be a complete wide receiver because the panthers have a gaping hole there at x wide receiver and as their number one and the hope is with sean jefferson as wide receiver coach in in this new scheme and healthy. Now there's still some little foot ankle issues there with DJ Chark that he can be that for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season and then sign on and stay and be one of those core guys around Bryce Young, the Panthers rookie quarterback. They also brought in Demir Bird looking at him as more as a kick returner. We did see last year carved through this Panther secondary in Atlanta to help them win that game. And then Jonathan Mingo, big body Blew away the coaching staff during his visit, during the top 30 visits. Sean Jefferson, the wide receiver coach here in Carolina, loves him. He's here. He's an ideal size that you're looking for on the outside. Could even play in the slot as a big slot. The Panthers have rebuilt this room, and there is potential in this room. Like, Terrace Marshall, as I've stated, he showed us something last year, and I still believe in Terrace Marshall and what he can be in Carolina. We just got to see it over the course of a 17-game season. Where We were talking to Josh Klein the other day. What did he do before Steve Wilkes took over? He did nothing. He was a healthy scratch opening day last year in the first two games, and then he got the opportunity, and he showed us something. Leviska Chenault was not even allowed to go to cross the line of scrimmage last year. It was just, hey, catch ball on the backfield, make some guys miss, and he did it twice, and he showed some potential. They traded for him for a reason, so you would think that maybe they'll utilize him. And it's hard to believe that that was, like, a Matt Rule decision because it's not like they used him that much in the offense last year. So they have a chance to use him more this year. And then shy Smith probably looking on the outside in right now. But Shai Smith, he, he was somebody early on in the preseason who was able to win that job as wide receiver three. Can he show out again heading into the season in 2023? Like, again, y'all – they don't have to be pro bowlers. They have to be all pros. Now, in the NFL at wide receiver, you're going to need to have a game breaker. I don't look at any of these guys right now as being great game breakers. But eventually, can they be game breakers? Possibly. And the potential is there for Chark. It can still be there for Terrace Marshall and Mingo, who we haven't even seen yet. It's still there for at least three guys on this roster. So for me. You look at last season. Especially at the end of the season. Even when Robbie. Now Chosen was here. It was DJ. And that was basically it. Now. Got Adam Thielen as an option. DJ Chark. Terrace Marshall. Lavishka. and probably a, a bigger role. Mingo. Bird. Shy. We'll see how they all fit into this room. At the very least. You're looking at. Thielen and Chark. And that's an upgrade from DJ and kind of Terrace. And if it's Thielen and Shark and Terrace or Mingo, of course, that's a massive upgrade from the one and a half that you had last year with DJ Moore and then Terrace Marshall coming on in the second half of the season. So when I look at the offensive line and what they were able to do, it seems pretty similar. You bring in Thielen, you bring in Shark, you bring in Mingo. Now they don't have that Taylor Moten, tight, that's been a stalwart in the position group. But they do have players that they brought in to help rebuild a struggling unit in a unit that they wanted to go out there and to help. They don't have to be all pros. They don't have to be pro bowlers. But they need to have reliable options. And looking at what they had last year, there's far, more, there's far more potential reliable options in this position group than there was a year ago. Like, don't get me wrong, still not one of the best in the league. Still one that leaves a lot to be desired. But one that has potential to make that major leap here in 2023. So we looked at the strongest position group, looked at a position group that could make a leap. Which position group has the most to prove in 2023? I'll tell you in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. So the Panthers' offensive line, strongest position group on the roster. You look at the wide receiver group, while I'm not high on them, I do see the potential that they could make a jump like the Panthers O-line did last year, going from 21 to 22, when you look at all the players that they've added and some of the guys that are back that have the potential to be standouts in this new offense with Frank Reich, Thomas Brown, and the rest of the offensive coaching staff, and of course, Bryce Young as their starting quarterback. Now, what group has the most to prove? I'm looking at the cornerbacks. There is talent, and proven talent, might I add, in that room the problem is the last couple years you have not been able to rely on them mainly because they have not been able to stay healthy or sometimes in front of their man and for some more than others a lot of times in front of their man the cornerbacks need to take the next step this season I look at the secondary as far as the safeties go feel great about Von Bell great about Xavier Woods. Whatever role that Jeremy Chin's going to play, feel good about that. Jamie Robinson, feel good about him, whether he's at safety or nickel. I like that group. The corners, though, they got to be better. Absolutely, this upcoming season. J.C. Horn is outstanding when he's healthy. The problem is he's only played in 16 out of a possible 34 games in the first two years of his career with a foot injury, a hip injury, and then last year, bad luck breaking his wrist, and the Panthers deciding that – We need to focus on his future. Now, had they made the playoffs, had they won that game in Tampa, which had he played, I think they win that game, then he could have played potentially in the playoffs. But that was not a scenario that was able to play out there in week 17. And of course, in week 18, when the season was already over, no reason to trot him out there. He just needs to prove that he can stay healthy. There's really nothing more that Chasey Horn needs to prove to me, or really to anyone, other than he can stay healthy for a 17-game season. And if he stays healthy for a 17-game season, I would think that that ends up in him being a Pro Bowler and potentially one day an All-Pro. The dude is a stud. We just need him out there more than what we've gotten out of him the last two seasons. And I don't, I'm not sitting here saying he's injury-prone. I think he's great. I think it's just tough luck. The turf, like, what are you gonna do? It's like what I said about McCaffrey playing a completely different position. Yes, gets beat up, but a lot of it's just – it's football. It's going to happen. It's not great for the body, but it's bad luck. J.C. Horn has had bad luck the last couple of years. None more obvious than his own teammate breaking his wrist last year when they needed him more than, more than ever. So I'm not saying the guy's injury-prone at all. I'm just saying that we need him to show that he can stay healthy, and I'm hoping that will be the case this upcoming season because if it is – Buddy, let's go. Dante Jackson, he just needs to be available. He's got to stay available because what's behind him, as we've seen the last couple of years, it's not enough, y'all. It's not enough. Dante has to be on the field. And coming back from the Achilles is a concern. For a player that has – he's undersized and a, at least the archetype that Scott Bitter likes out in Seattle now likes here in Carolina – he does not necessarily fit that mold. But he just played with his hair on fire the last couple of years. And he still found a way to get a lot of interceptions and to be a leader on his team. He was a captain the last two years. This is one of the team leaders. The Panthers need him out there. He's not a number one corner, and that's why they brought in J.C. And we've seen in the past, you know, when J.C. Horn was injured in the 2021, and we saw um, what McLaurin did to Dante. We've seen what some guys have done to Dante. He's just okay. The PFF grade, it's not great, but he's a better player than what we've seen. And he's been battling through the turf toe pains, hamstring, and who knows what other kind of aches and bruises and bumps the last couple years. And he's still been able to find a way to play 35 of the possible 50 games the last three seasons while going through all of those injuries. We just got to bump that number up. Like, if we can get 15, 14 games at Adante this year, I'm good with that. I just – we cannot – only have like five or six games, and then be trying to have some of these other guys show up and be in that role. Like C.J. Henderson, for for us, and as far as what he needs to prove to himself and to the league is that he belongs. Henderson has not been good. The Panthers just told you him and everyone how they feel about him and his future here in Carolina potentially, where they said, you know what, we're good on the fifth year option. We're gonna invest in Derek Brown and. In a way, it makes sense that when you have, like, it's a different scenario with the Giants, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, both guys, fifth year option. Like, what are you going to do there? Or uh, maybe not fifth year option, but like, what are you going to do with them? Like, are you going to franchise one of them? You can only kind of logistically franchise one guy or, or pick a fifth year option on one guy, and then the other guy, you kind of got to let it play out in free agency. Like, and that's kind of in a way, in a similar situation in Carolina, you know, they're both of them going to make a decent amount of money, $11 million. Do you want to commit yourself to both of those guys getting that kind of money? Maybe if they're both good, but also you want to let those kind of things play out. Now, C.J. Henderson made it very easy for the Panthers because he has not been very good. And Derek Brown was very good last year. So, yeah, very simple decision that they made. But he's got to prove he can belong in the league. Because so far, he's on his fourth coaching staff. Jacksonville moved off of him. Now, it's not an indictment on him. Urban Meyer and that coaching staff was a complete joke. But now... He's got his third coaching staff here in Carolina, so I guess it's his fifth coaching staff. He's the one that drafted him in Jacksonville, and Urban Meyer, and Matt Rules, and then I guess now still the same one, but a little different when Steve Wilkes got here, but still his fourth and a half coaching staff. He's got to show these guys that he belongs because if he doesn't play well, then what is his opportunity in the league? He was a number nine overall pick in 2020, so because he was a first-round pick, I'm sure there's going to be someone out there that will look at him and his size, and his traits, and think that, okay, I can fix that guy, but when you've had four, five different position group coaches, at some point, it's it's you more than it is them, and the PFF grade last year, fifty nine, fifty two point nine, was very low, and not good enough. My hope for CJ Henderson is that the change of seniority with a new coaching staff will help him turn into that number three corner that you can depend on, and if he can't, well, they got Eric Rowe here in Carolina, who has started the last couple of seasons and Miami and has played in the Super Bowl in New England. You got T- Keith Taylor, who, like C.J. Henderson, has struggled, but the expectation's far different for Keith Taylor than they are for C.J. Henderson. Keith Taylor, fifth-round pick back in 2021, okay, he struggles, not that big of a deal. You're thinking he's going to grow. C.J. Henderson, if he's struggling still through all that time and having his fifth-year option decline, then you're really worried about whether he actually is someone – who can contribute in the NFL. Q Taylor, different scenario in situation, draft slot. You're not going to be you know, hand-wringing as much about him as you were with C.J. Henderson. I do think this defense can be great. And the only thing on this defense, other than, I guess, getting another edge rusher, that really concerns me is cornerbacks and really their depth. They got to show up this year. They have so much to prove. So the offensive line, the strongest group, the wide receiver group has that chance to make a major leap. The cornerback group has an opportunity to show us that they are the real deal, but they must prove it this year in 2023, especially if the Panthers want to be a playoff team. That's going to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Panthers podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host again, as always, Julian Council. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast And... Follow me right now and tweet at me right now, or again DM me right now at Julian Council. Because tomorrow gonna be answering your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So again, at me or DM me to get those questions in. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole as always. Keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Friday.